Section 14 of the Pearl Storybook Stories and Legends of Winter, Christmas, and New Year's. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Penny Witt. The Pearl Storybook Stories and Legends of Winter, Christmas, and New Year's by Ada M. Skinner and Eleanor L. Skinner. The Snow Image by Nathaniel Hawthorne. One afternoon of a cold winter's day, when the sun shone forth with chilly brightness after a long storm, two children asked leave of their mother to run out and play in the new fallen snow. The elder child was a little girl, whom, because she was of a tender and modest disposition, and was thought to be very beautiful, her parents and other people who were familiar with her used to call Violet. But her brother was known by the title of Peony, on account of the ruddiness of his broad and round little fists, which made everybody think of sunshine and great scarlet flowers. Yes, Violet, yes, my little peony, said their kind mother. You may go out and play in the new snow. Forth sallied the two children with a hop, skip, and jump that carried them at once into the very heart of a huge snowdrift, whence Violet emerged like a snow bunting, while little peony floundered out with his round face in full bloom. Then what a merry time they had! To look at them frolicking in the wintry garden, you would have thought that the dark and pitiless storm had been sent for no other purpose but to provide a new plaything for Violet and Peony, and that they themselves had been created, as the snowbirds were, to take delight only in the tempest and in the white mantle which it spread over the earth. At last, when they had frosted one another all over with handfuls of snow, Violet, after laughing heartily at little Peony's figure, was struck with a new idea. "'You look exactly like a snow image, Peony,' said she. "'If your cheeks were not so red, and that puts me in mind, let us make an image out of snow, an image of a little girl.' and it shall be our sister, and shall run about and play with us all winter long. Won't it be nice? Oh, yes, said Peony, as plainly as he could speak, for he was but a little boy. That will be nice, and Mamma shall see it. Yes, answered Violet, Mamma shall see the new little girl, but she must not make her come into the warm parlor, for you know... Our little snow sister will not love the warmth. And forthwith the children began this great business of making a snow image that should run about, while their mother, who was knitting at the window and overheard some of their talk, could not help smiling at the gravity with which they set about it. They really seemed to imagine that there would be no difficulty whatever in creating a live little girl out of the snow. Indeed, it was an exceedingly pleasant sight, 
those bright little souls at their task. Moreover, it was really wonderful to observe how knowingly and skillfully they managed the matter. Violet assumed the chief direction and told Vioni what to do, while, with her own delicate fingers, she shaped out all the nicer parts of the snow figure. It seemed, in fact, not so much to be made by the children as to grow up under their hands while they were playing and prattling about it. Their mother was quite surprised at this, and the longer she looked, the more and more surprised she grew. Now for a few moments, there was a busy and earnest but indistinct hum of the two children's voices as Violet and Peony wrought together with one happy consent. Violet still seemed to be the guiding spirit, while Peony acted rather as a laborer and brought her the snow from far and near. And yet the little urchin evidently had a proper understanding of the matter, too. Peony, Peony, cried Violet, for her brother was at the other side of the garden. Bring me those light wreaths of snow that have rested on the lower branches of the pear tree. You can clamber on the snowdrift, Peony, and reach them easily. I must have them to make some ringlets for our snow sister's head. Here they are, Violet, answered the little boy. Take care you do not break them. Well done, well done. How pretty. Does she not look sweet? said Violet with a very satisfied tone. And now we must have some little shining bits of ice to make the brightness of her eyes. She is not finished yet. Mama will see how very beautiful she is. But Papa will say, Tush, nonsense, come in out of the cold. Let us call Mama to look out, said Peony. And then he shouted, Mama, Mama, Mama. Look out and see what a nice little girl we are making. What a nice playmate she will be for us all winter long, said Violet. I hope Papa will not be afraid of her giving us a cold. Shan't we love her dearly, Peony? Oh, yes, cried Peony, and I will hug her, and she shall sit down close by me and drink some of my warm milk. Oh, no, Peony, answered Violet with grave wisdom. That will not do at all. Warm milk will not be wholesome for our little snow sister. Little snow people like her eat nothing but icicles. No, no, Peony, we must not give her anything warm to drink. There was a minute or two of silence, for Peonies, whose short legs were never weary, had gone again to the other side of the garden. All of a sudden, Violet cried out, loudly and joyfully, Look here, Peony, come quickly. A light has been shining on her cheek out of that rose-colored cloud, and the color does not go away. Is not that beautiful? Yes, it is beautiful answered Peony, pronouncing the three syllables with deliberate accuracy. Oh, Violet, only look at her hair. It is all like gold. Oh, certainly, 
said Violet, as if it were very much a matter of course. That color, you know, comes from the golden clouds that we see up there in the sky. She is almost finished now, but her lips must be made very red, redder than her cheeks. Perhaps, Peony, it will make them red if we both kiss them. Accordingly, the mother heard two smart little smacks, as if both her children were kissing the snow image on his frozen mouth. But as this did not seem to make the lips quite red enough, Violet next proposed that the snow child should be invited to kiss Peony's scarlet cheek. Come, little snow sister, kiss me, cried Peony. There, she has kissed you, added Violet, and now her lips are very red, and she blushed a little too. Oh, what a cold kiss! cried Peony. Just then there came a breeze of the pure west wind sweeping through the garden and rattling the parlor windows. It sounded so wintry cold that the mother was about to tap on the window pane with her thimbled finger to summer the two children in, when they both cried out to her with one voice, Mama, Mama, we've finished our little snow sister and she's running about the garden with us. What imaginative little beings my children are, thought the mother, putting the last few stitches in Peona's frock. And it is strange, too, that they make me almost as much a child as they themselves are. I can hardly help believing now that the snow image has really come to life. Dear Mama, cried Violet, pray look out and see what a sweet playmate we have. The mother being thus entreated, could no longer delay to look forth from the window. The sun was now gone out of the sky, leaving, however, a rich inheritance of his brightness among those purple and golden clouds which make the sunsets of winter so magnificent. But there was not the slightest gleam or dazzle, either on the window or on the snow so that the good lady could look all over the garden and see everything and everybody in it. And what do you think she saw there? Violet and Peony, of course, her own two darling children. Ah, but whom or what did she see besides? Why, if you will believe me, there was a small figure of a girl, dressed all in white, with rose-tinged cheeks, and ringlets of golden hue, playing about the garden with the two children. A stranger though she was, the child seemed to be on as familiar terms with Violet and Peony, and they with her, as if all the three had been playmates during the whole of their little lives. The mother thought to herself that it must certainly be the daughter of one of the neighbors, and that, seeing Violet and Peony in the garden, the child had run across the street to play with them. So this kind lady went to the door, intending to invite the little runaway into her comfortable parlor, for now that the sunshine was withdrawn, the atmosphere out of doors was already growing very cold. But after opening the house door, she stood an instant on the threshold, hesitating whether she ought to ask the child to come in, or whether she should even speak to her. 
Indeed, she almost doubted whether it were a real child after all, or only a light wreath of the new-fallen snow blown hither and thither about the garden by the intensely cold west wind. There was certainly something very singular in the aspect of the little stranger. Among all the children of the neighborhood, the lady could remember no such face, with its pure white and delicate rose color, and the golden ringlets tossing about the forehead and cheeks. And as for her dress, which was entirely of white and fluttering in the breeze, it was such as no reasonable woman would put upon a little girl when sending her out to play in the depth of winter. It made this kind and careful mother shiver, only to look at those small feet with nothing in the world on them except a very thin pair of white slippers. Nevertheless, airily as she was clad, the child seemed to feel not the slightest inconvenience from the cold, but danced so lightly over the snow that the tips of her toes left hardly a print in its surface while Violet could but just keep pace with her, and Peony's short legs compelled him to lag behind. All this while the mother stood on the threshold, wondering how a little girl could look so much like a flying snowdrift, or how a snowdrift could look so very like a little girl. She called Violet and whispered to her, Violet, my darling, what is this child's name asked she does she live near us <laughs> why dearest mamma answered violet laughing to think that her mother did not comprehend so very plain an affair this is our little snow sister whom we have just been making yes dear mamma cried peony running to his mother and looking up simply into her face this is our snow image. Is it not a nice little child? Violet, said her mother, greatly perplexed, tell me the truth without any jest. Who is this little girl? My darling mamma, answered Violet, looking seriously into her mother's face, surprised that she should need any further explanation. I have told you truly who she is. It is our little snow image, which Peony and I have been making. Peony will tell you so as well as I. Yes, Mama, declared Peony with such gravity in his crimson little fizz. This is it, old snow child. Is not she a nice one? But, Mama, her hand is... Oh, so very cold. While Mama still hesitated what to think and what to do, the street gate was thrown open, and the father of Violet and Peony appeared, wrapped in a pilot cloth sack, with a fur cap drawn down over his ears and the thickest of gloves upon his hands. Mr. Lindsay was a middle-aged man, with a weary and yet a happy look in his wind-flushed and frost-pinched face, as if he had been busy all day long and was glad to get back to his quiet home. His eyes brightened at the sight of his wife and children, 
although he could not help uttering a word or two of surprise at finding the whole family in the open air on so bleak a day, and after sunset, too. He soon perceived the little white stranger, sporting to and fro in the garden like a dancing snow-wreath, and the flock of snowbirds fluttering about her head. "'Pray, what little girl may this be?' inquired this very sensible man. "'Surely her mother must be crazy to let her go out in such bitter weather as it has been to-day, with only that flimsy white gown and those thin slippers.' "'My dear husband,' said his wife, "'I know no more about the little thing than you do. "'Some neighbor's child, I suppose. "'Our violet and peony,' she added, laughing at herself "'for repeating so absurd a story, "'insists that she is nothing but a snow image "'which they have been busy about in the garden "'almost all the afternoon.' As she said this, the mother glanced her eyes toward the spot where the children's snow image had been made. What was her surprise on perceiving that there was not the slightest trace of so much labor? No image at all, no piled-up heap of snow, nothing whatever, save the prints of little footsteps around the vacant space. This is very strange, said she. "'What is strange, dear mother?' asked Violet. "'Dear father, do not you see how it is? "'This is our snow image, which Peony and I have made "'because we wanted another playmate. "'Did not we, Peony?' "'Yes, Papa,' said Crimson Peony. "'This is our little snow sister.' Is she not beautiful? But she gave me such a cold kiss. Pooh, nonsense, children, cried their good, honest father, who had a plain, sensible way of looking at matters. Do not tell me of making live figures out of snow. Come, wife, this little stranger must not stay out in the bleak air a moment longer. We'll bring her into the parlor. "'And you shall give her a supper of warm bread and milk "'and make her as comfortable as you can.' "'So saying, this honest and very kind-hearted man "'was going toward the little damsel "'with the best intentions in the world. "'But Violet and Peony, each seizing their father by the hand, "'earnestly besought him not to make her come in. "'Nonsense, children, nonsense, nonsense!' cried the father, half vexed, half laughing. "'Run into the house this moment. It's too late to play any longer now. I must take care of this little girl immediately, or she will catch her death of cold.' And so, with a most malevolent smile, this very well-meaning gentleman took Snowchild by the hand and led her toward the house. She followed him, droopingly and reluctant, for all the glow and sparkle were gone out of her figure, and, whereas just before she had resembled a bright, frosty, star-gemmed evening with a crimson gleam on the cold horizon, she now looked as dull and languid as a thaw. 
as kind Mr. Lindsay led her up the steps of the door. Violet and Peony looked into his face, their eyes full of tears which froze before they could run down their cheeks, and again entreated him not to bring their snow image into the house. "'Not bring her in?' exclaimed the kind-hearted man. "'Why, you are crazy, my little Violet, quite crazy, my small Peony. She is so cold already that her hand has almost frozen mine, in spite of my thick gloves. Would you have her freeze to death?' His wife, as he came up the steps, had been taking another long, earnest gaze at the little white stranger. She hardly knew whether it was a dream or no, but she could not help fancying that she saw the delicate print of Violet's fingers on the child's neck. It looked just as if while Violet was shaping out the image, she had given it a gentle pat with her hand and had neglected to smooth the impression quite away. After all, husband, said the mother, after all, she does look strangely like a snow image. I do believe she is made of snow. A puff of west wind blew against the snow child, and again she sparkled like a star. Snow? repeated good Mr. Lindsay, drawing the reluctant guest over his hospitable threshold. No wonder she looks like snow. She's half frozen poor little thing, but a good fire will put everything to rights. This common, sensible man placed the snow child on the hearth rug, right in front of the hissing and fuming stove. Now she will be comfortable, cried Mr. Lindsay, rubbing his hands and looking about him with the pleasantest smile you ever saw. Make yourself at home, my child. Sad, sad and drooping, looked the little white maiden as she stood on the hearthrug, with the hot blast of the stove striking through her like a pestilence. Once she threw a glance toward the window and caught a glimpse through its red curtains of the snow-covered roofs and the stars glimmering frostily and all the delicious intensity of the cold night. The bleak wind rattled the window panes as if it were summoning her to come forth. But there stood the snow child, drooping before the hot stove. But the common, sensible man saw nothing amiss. Come, wife, said he, let her have a pair of thick stockings and a woolen shawl or blanket directly, and tell Dora to give her some warm supper as soon as the milk boils. You, Violet, Peony, amuse your little friend. She is out of spirits, you see, at finding herself in a strange place. For my part, I will go around among the neighbors and find out where she belongs. The mother, meanwhile, had gone in search of the shawl and stockings, without heeding the remonstrance of his two children, who still kept murmuring that their little snow sister did not love the warmth. Good Mr. Lindsay took his departure, shutting the parlor door carefully behind him. Turning up the collar of his sack over his ears, he emerged from the house 
and had barely reached the street gate when he was recalled by the screams of Violet and Peony and the rapping of the thimbled finger against the parlor window. "'Husband! Husband!' cried his wife, showing her horror-stricken face through the window panes. "'There's no need of going for the child's parents.' "'We told you so, father,' screamed Violet and Peony as he re-entered the parlor. "'You would bring her in, and now our poor, dear, beautiful little snow-sister is thawed.' and their own sweet little faces were already dissolved in tears, so that their father, seeing what strange things occasionally happened in this everyday world, felt not a little anxious lest his children might be going to thaw too. In the utmost perplexity, he demanded an explanation of his wife. She could only reply that being summoned to the parlor by cries of Violet and Peony, she found no trace of the little white maiden, unless it were the remains of a heap of snow which, while she was gazing at it, melted quite away upon the hearth rug. And there you see all that is left of it, added she, pointing to a pool of water in front of the stove. Yes, father, said Violet, looking reproachfully at him through her tears. There is all that is left of our dear little snow sister. Naughty father, cried Peony, stamping his foot and, I shudder to say, shaking his little fist at the common sensible man. We told you how it would be. What for did you bring her in? And the stove, through the ising glass of its door, seemed to glare at good Mr. Lindsay, like a red-eyed demon, triumphing in the mischief which it had done. End of section 14